بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله we move on with our series on Ibn Ata'illah's Hikam, the Book of Wisdoms we start from Wisdom number 94 Wisdom number 94 إِنَّمَا يُؤْلِمُكَ الْمَنْعُ لِعَدَمِ فَهْمِكَ عَنِ اللَّهِ فِيهِ إِنَّمَا يُؤْلِمُكَ الْمَنْعُ لِعَدَمِ فَهْمِكَ عَنِ اللَّهِ فِيهِ The way I look at this one, I see this as a culmination of several of the previous ones. What Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari is saying is deprivation hurts you only because of the lack of your understanding of Allah in it. When you're deprived of something, when you've been prevented from something, when you have no longer access to something, or when you've not been able to attain something in the first place, you've been deprived, it hurts you. It's a normal human feeling you would expect that people get hurt when they're deprived of something. But what he's saying here is that deprivation only hurts you because of the lack of your understanding of Allah in it. Hmm, that's it. A really interesting idea. It only hurts you because of a lack of your understanding in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But for some people it will continue to hurt them. So let us try to understand what this is saying, especially in light of several of the other ones that we've read before. For example, this one is uh, uh, wisdom number 94. Before this was 93, in which it was, it said, when he gives, he shows you his kindness. When he deprives, he shows you his power. And in all of that, he is making himself known to you and coming to you with his gentleness. So his gentleness is in all of that, though it's difficult for us to understand and maybe able to come to terms with that. If it can, life will become extremely easy. So what it means by when he says it's due to your lack of understanding of Allah, lack of recognition of Allah, lack of understanding who He is and how He works. Because if somebody understands Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that would mean that you know Him. You know the way Allah is in different situations. If you reckon you know someone, somebody comes to you and says, you know, I'm having this little issue with this person or whatever. Oh, don't worry about it. He'll be sorted in two days. He'll be fine after two days. He may be angry right now, but he'll be fine in two days. You know him, you know that person, so you can give some assurance to someone. Sometimes that, look, that's the way they do things. Oh, yesterday I was walking and he just completely ignored me. No, brother, that's, that's just sometimes he's just so occupied with something, he doesn't notice you. It's not as bad as you think. Otherwise, if you fail to acknowledge somebody, it could just cause such a huge rift. If you're a distracted kind of person who's constantly on your phone or thinking about something else or busy or just occupied with some you know, personal issue, it's possible that you may just ignore somebody. And uh, it just happens. But sometimes people just uh, think that you've been ignoring them purposely. Once uh, somebody in our masjid, uh, when we were in America, uh, one of my friends, he said that there's such and such a brother, he reckons that you always ignore him. I said, that's really interesting. I mean, I never, never knew I was ignoring him. I had no such intention. 
never actively done so. What happens with imams is that when you leave the masjid, everybody kind of wants to ask you a question or meet you. So generally the pushy guys, they get through. You know, the guys who are more bold or whatever, they're the ones who get through. And even if you're speaking to somebody who's pushy guys, sometimes they come in and they just do their bit. Even though you're speaking to somebody, they don't stand on the side and wait for you to finish. They sometimes come and do that. Sometimes I can maybe understand if somebody's just taking extra time and they've got to go or something, maybe it's understandable. And then there's some people who are maybe overly polite or maybe just polite. Whatever the circumstance, it just depends, right? And they just don't ever get to talk to you or whatever and maybe they've got an important issue. So <clears throat> it taught me a lesson that when you go out, while you may be engaged and for good reason you may be engaged with somebody, but don't, you know, do look around and see if there's somebody else waiting. At least acknowledge them and say, I'll be with you shortly. This way, this person will also know there's somebody else waiting. You learn. You don't, I mean, nobody really takes you out and says, let's go outside the masjid as an imam and let me teach you how to do this. I don't think that was ever taught to me like that because, I don't know, do these things get taught? I don't know. But anyway, I'm, too, I'm doing it now. I'm sharing my experience. So sometimes people just get really upset with things. So anyway, here says you need to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because when you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that would make you aware of the way he works. Now, knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's lots of Muslims who know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it's good times. I'm talking about believers who are somewhat conscious of Allah. When his good things are going on, we recognize, thank you Allah, jazakallah, alhamdulillah, look, all of this good is happening, I'm getting this and I'm getting that and I got this deal and I got, mashallah, my children have done this and mashallah, I was able to do all of this in Ramadan and, and so on and so forth. So when he's in his jamal, when he's in his giving, when he's in his beauty, his elegance, when he's showing you his beauty and all of that, most people will recognize him. At least religious, mind, mindful people will recognize that. But to really know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means you need to know him in all of his states. Now, with somebody else, there's so many cases we've had where you've got a really good friend and they're upset with you, but you think they're being overly sensitive or overly reactive or they're being overly harsh and over the top, even though you love them. You love these people, but you think they're just being overly harsh for no reason, or overly sensitive for no reason. Right? So you could have that kind of a complaint about even somebody you love in this world, somebody who you know looks out for you. <clears throat> but humans can be off balance. Humans can be off balance, because there's just so many factors that influence us in different ways. While normally we're balanced, there could be one issue that just upsets us to such a degree that we become imbalanced about it. I've seen good, good people become imbalanced. But the only being that doesn't become imbalanced like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not become imbalanced. Whenever He's doing anything, even if it sounds the harshest thing right now, as long as you think you're doing the right thing and you've consulted about it, then he's got some other idea there. And sometimes your best friend can be an oppressor because he's become imbalanced. He could become oppressive. That could be tantamount to dhulm, like proper dhulm, where maybe in hindsight they will realize their mistake. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't make mistakes. He never does anything, oh no, I should have done it differently, so now let's change it. 
He never does that. He knows well in advance. He just knows everything anyway, what the outcome is going to be. So he doesn't need, there's no concept of mistakes that is even conceivable with Allah. That's the difference between. So, but the thing is that because we're so used to human beings, we treat Allah sometimes in the same way. When something goes wrong, oh, he must be upset with me. Because generally that's what your friend will do. He's upset. That's why he's going to act weirdly. That's why he's not going to come to your house anymore. That's why he's not going to pick up your calls anymore. That's why you're not going to get a gift from him at Eid because they're upset for whatever reason. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't do it for that reason. Why do parents sometimes not give things to children? That's probably a good example to train them. Too much of it is bad for you. That's why we're not giving you. You can't say that the, the parent is being oppressive or unkind or stingy. Well, sometimes they ask, they could be stingy. They could get, be get, not getting for stingy reasons, but a lot of the time it's for tarbiyah reasons. So we should never, we can't think of Allah in that way. And the only way to recognize who Allah is, is by reading the Quran and seeing how he deals with people and what he promises, even in moments of huge anger. <clears throat> Allah always gives a way out. So, recognizing Allah and knowing Allah must be حتى يكون صاحبها يعرفه في الجلال والجمال. You have to know Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in broadly speaking both of those states of beauty and wrath, beauty and majesty. والمنعي والأطاع. You have to know that it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He's got a reason when He gives you and when He prevents something from you. وَالْقَبْضِ وَالْبَصْتِ And when there's an expansion you're feeling or when you're feeling restricted, contracted, as though the world has become a very small place despite its vastness. Now if a person only knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in states of prosperity and goodness and uh, bounties, then this generally is the iman and the knowledge and the awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of the normal layperson, not the person who's trying to be serious with Allah. This is, they are trying to be serious, but on a very basic level. They are primarily abidu and fusihim. They are slaves of themselves. Because when good things happen, then they thank Allah because it's benefiting them. It's not putting them in any difficulty, right now at least. So they're slaves on themselves, but they believe in Allah and they know a bit about Allah. فَإِنْ رَضُوا If they're given something and they bestowed, bestowed something, uh, something is bestowed upon them, they're very satisfied. وَإِلَّمْ يُعْطَوْا إِذَا هُمْ يَسْخَطُونَ Then they get angry if they don't get something. When a person has true understanding of Allah, which we're trying to do in these classes, we're really just trying to understand what Allah is. This literally, these aphorisms, they're a book of Tawheed and Ma'rifah of just trying to understand who Allah is and trying to take away all other ideas of equating with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anything else. Refine our understanding. So some of the other fruits of knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is absolute satisfaction and even happiness with whatever the decree brings. Not an easy thing to do. We've been discussing this and you can look at the previous lectures for that. When a person recognizes Allah, there's no way he can not love him more than anything else. And the more recognition, the greater the love will grow. 
and part of the fruits of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as-sabru inda shada'idi wal-balwa is being patient when the difficulties surmount you when the going gets tough when the things are not as rosy as they were because Allah has never promised it to be rosy all the time anyway Allah has emphatically said over and over in the Quran that we will be there will be tests that will come to you that's why a poet says that's so this is a person speaking on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as though translating on behalf of Allah, saying, you claim to be on the school of the lovers. You claim to be of the lovers. And then you complain? Where, is your, where are your claims in comparison to your love? Tell me, where are they? Had we found you steadfast to our desires, to what we wanted, had we found you steadfast and persevering in that, we would have given you everything you had desired. We will then give you everything that you desire. What's interesting is that when you say everything you desire, I'm going to do this so I can get everything I desire. I don't think it's that is what you're going to desire. I think your desire, our desires will become as Allah wants. So then we'll be getting everything as Allah desires. And it will be simple to live in this world. So no person who claims to love somebody else is truthful in their claim of love. Nor anybody who claims to know someone else is absolutely right in their knowledge or has enough knowledge until for them, uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it, it becomes the same whether he's giving you or he's preventing from you. Whether you're in a state of contraction or expansion, whether you are in need or whether you have excess, whether you are according to other people in the world, whether you have dignity or whether you have become disgraced because of doing something good. Of course, if you've, somebody's become disgraced because of a sin, then you can't then say, oh, Allah loves me, you know, even in this state of disgrace. I mean, Allah loves you, but, you know, that's not why you are in the state of disgrace. You made mistakes, right? You made mistakes. Or when somebody praises them, or when somebody, I mean, look at our brothers who are suffering right now. Some of them, they just don't care, even though their own Muslim brothers around the world don't support them. Criticize them, in fact. Criticize them. But they think they're doing what's right, and they're doing it according to that. The true lover is the one who understands their lover in every one of their states. Habibi wa mahbubi ala kulli hala. He is my lover and my beloved in all states. That's what the poet says. But to know them is not enough. One needs to succumb to them. And you may not be able to do that with another human being. It may not be worth your time. It may not be worthwhile for us. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's well worth because there's really not much else we can do. He is the one in whose grasp and power is everything. Anyway. So... With anybody else, they could be making a mistake, as I mentioned, in their harshness, even if it's a calculated harshness. <clears throat> they may think they're calculated, but they may be going overboard. We've seen that so many times in, you know, the most 
respected human beings sometimes. Even respected human beings can make a mistake. Nobody can claim to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then fail miserably when a bit of difficulty comes upon them. That's why the Arabic uh, poem says, فَإِن شِئْتَ أَن تَحْيَا سَعِيدًا فَمُتْ بِهِ شَهِيدًا وَإِلَّا فَالْغَرَامُ لَهُ أَهْلٌ If you wish to live in a fortunate way, in a, in, in a, in a life of fortune, with a life of fortune, then you need to also, meaning in the hereafter, if you want to be fortunate, then you need to die while bearing witness and knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Otherwise, there's punishment for you if that's what you don't do in this world and in the hereafter. That's why another saying says, مَنِ الدَّعَى مَا لَيْسَ فِيهِ فَضَحَتْهُ شَوَاهِدُ الْإِمْتِهَانِ مَنِ الدَّعَى مَا لَيْسَ فِيهِ فَضَحَتْهُ شَوَاهِدُ الْإِمْتِهَانِ Whoever claims that which he doesn't really possess, he thinks he possesses, but he doesn't really possess it, then all the evidences of the test will, will bear witness against you, will disgrace you. You'll be disgraced by the test when it comes about. Ibrahim al-Khawas says, La ilaha illallah. To become in need, to give up all of your possessions, to have zuhud, to become in need, is only correct when you can fulfill two conditions. There's some people who want, they want to give up everything and say, I claim to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's only, there's two conditions for that, which Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu had, and which many of the other sahabas, Abu Dhar and so on, had had had, had by which they were able to give in the path of Allah the way they did. So he's saying, The first condition is that you must have absolute reliance in Allah, knowing that He's going to help you. <clears throat> Don't worry, He'll help. Don't worry, He'll come. Don't worry, He'll help, He'll come. But it's not come today. When's He going to help them? Don't worry, He'll come. You know when you know that somebody's going to come. And number two, um, yes, ashukru lillah. Then you have to have shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whatever He has given you. So that when you have shukr, you can only have shukr and you can only show gratitude when you feel like you've got something of value. If you don't have anything of value, you don't think you have anything of value, how can you do shukr? Shukr is, you know, saying, do shukr to Allah. You can only do shukr if I think I've got something to do shukr of. Otherwise, what kind of shukr is that? That's just a claim or something. It's just empty words. I must feel like, hey man, I've really been blessed by Allah to, for me to do shukr. Some people were asked, somebody was asked, what, what do you guys consider zuhud, abstinence from the dunya? What, what's your definition of it? Oh, إِذَا وَجَدْنَا شَكَرْنَا وَإِذَا فَقَدْنَا صَبَرْنَا Maybe we'll recognize that. When we have, when we get something, we're thankful to Allah. When we don't have something, then we do sabr. Anything wrong with that? That's what we, that's our normal trait. I mean, anybody who's on the path of Allah, they're going to do sabr because those who are, you know, those who don't understand this, they're not even going to do sabr, they're going to start complaining at that time. So those of us who feel like we're somewhere, then this is, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And then if something wrong, we're going to make sabr. فَقَالَ هَذِهِ حَالَةُ الْكِلَابِ عِنْدَنَا بِبَلْخِ This is the way the dogs are of Balkha. He got, it was from Balkh. Balkh is in Afghanistan today, next to Mazar al-Sharif. That's how the dogs are in Kalb. Sorry, that's how the dogs are in Balkh. When they get something, they're very thankful to you. And when 
they don't get something, then they just do sabr. That's, that's the way they are. I don't know, I've, heard, I've had two calls in the last two, three months from two Muslims. Um, one already had a dog or a few dogs. Right? But it looks like, you know, mashallah, she was quite far from Islam but coming closer. And the other one wanted a dog. I said, why would you want a dog for? Oh, they just, you know, I, th I forget which dog they mentioned. It's so cute and whatever. I said, uh, no, you're, you're not allowed. There's a lot of cute things which you're not allowed to get. I mean, forget dogs. There's a lot of other cute things that you'd like to have, but you can't have. I mean, subhanAllah, come on, you know. Um, but they're so cute. They're so, uh, the other one said, they're just so obedient. I think the first person, I think she was just so sick of people, just people forsaking and neglecting and uh, deserting and just not being faithful. And the dog is very faithful, right? And that's a quality Allah has put in the dogs. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And the second one is like, they found it. I said, the only way to have a dog is to have it as a guard. Okay, so maybe I'll get it, maybe I'll get it as a guard dog. I said, it depends on your intention. Do you need a guard dog? I said, well, not really, but, you know, I could, you know, I'm sure it'll be beneficial, you know, whatever. I said, it's your intention that counts, you know, get, get your love for something else. It's just misplaced love. There's a lot of things out there. I mean, we're not, in Islam, we don't have that kind of so-called freedom of thought that you can love anything and just get it. That, in fact, even in the Western idea of you, know, you love something, you're not allowed to have it. It's not everything you can have. It's only what there's been such a trend to, to allow. Otherwise, uh, there's a lot of taboo subjects as well that people would love to have and they would love to, love to you know, um, be with and so on. But they, they can't even according to Western standards. There's always barriers, you know. That's just uh, emotions going out of, out of place that have to be tempered. So, um, dogs have a purpose, but you can't have it as a pet. You know, how miserable can we be that we can't have another human being? It's so lost. Humans are so messed up, are they? That we have to get a dog. We can't find another human being to be our friend, to give us comfort. Is that how messed up human beings are? You know, subhanAllah, what, what really helps, and I would like to say this to people who are listening, that, you know, I get called sometimes, and, you know, sometimes I've said something to someone, and it may have been harsh at the time. Uh, it may have been just straight to the point. Some of the best calls that I get are those people who call after a few months and said that what you told me, there was one guy who just couldn't get, he, he was married to someone and for many, many years, and he just, it was irretrievably broken kept consulting with me about this, that, and the other, and I could see that this wasn't going to go anywhere. So I told him, don't you get it? She doesn't want to come back. Like, don't you understand that? Just give it up. Forget it. He just told me yesterday, and this happened three years ago, I think. He told me yesterday that that was the profound change when I finally got it. That I'm wasting my time. I'm becoming more miserable, I'm spoiling my health, let it go. And alhamdulillah, he's, in, he's got a new wife, uh, she's married again. You know, there are issues because they've got older children, you know, there's going to be issues, but it's done. It's much better than that lim limbo state that he was in. So, I had to tell him that. But it was a moment of recognition. 
Um, another woman, she calls me up before Ramadan. She said, I, I want to just give you good news. I said, uh, do you remember me? I said, no, I don't, unfortunately, because we speak to so many people. You don't remember everybody. So, you, uh, you know, I was the one, I'm this years old, and I couldn't get married, and I was really depressed and whatever, and you told me to do a few things or whatever, to read this du'a, and alhamdulillah, you know, now I'm going to get married, you know. So alhamdulillah. This tells you that there's a lot of good people out there who have shukr, who have gratitude, and that makes you feel good. Now, I don't know these people. Um, it won't make a difference. I mean, the, the, some of these people, most of these people I don't know. Who, who will give you some feedback. But it tells you at least there's other good humans out there who have you know, some kind of goodwill about them. And that makes you feel good that, alhamdulillah, it gives you more assurance about humanity. And I think that really helps to give positive messages, to give positive feedback. I think that really, really helps, I think, us as a human race. Because when you see so much destruction out there and so much betrayal, and so much of these problems, as we see now, humans, the more negativity around you, it essentially, except for those people who are so connected to Allah that none of this matters for them, they're like in a glass, they're in a storm, but they're in a completely secure glass cage. They can see the storm around them, they're relaxed inside. Those are the awliya of Allah. Problem is there's a fewer of those people. Majority of the people are affected by negativity around them. They're massively affected by negativity. Negativity affects everybody, right? So, when you give some positivity in that, you tell somebody a good aspect of your story, of a good success story, I think it really, really helps. It reassures you about human beings. It makes you feel good because you're a human being. They are a reflection of you. I am a reflection of you, a reflection of me. So when I hear positivity, it's like, oh, alhamdulillah, there's some... MashaAllah, there's some promise for the human race still. It's not all lost. So spread positivity, really. Spread, spread positivity. Give good feedback. Helps a lot. So he said, yes, that's the nature of the dogs of Balkh. They are very grateful when they get something and they're just patient when they don't get anything. So then he said, okay. So what is your zuhd then? If that's the zuhd of your dogs, then what is your zuhd? قَالَ إِذَا فَقَدْنَا شَكَرْنَا وَإِذَا وَجَدْنَا آثَرْنَا There's always a higher status, subhanAllah. He said, when we don't have, we're thankful. We show gratitude when we don't have. For what? What, what do they show gratitude for? وَإِذَا وَجَدْنَا آثَرْنَا But when we do get something, when we acquire something, we're, not, we're on the receiving end, then we give others preference to ourselves. You see, if these methodologies, these perspectives are not known by any of us, then we're going to constantly maintain the same perspective that we are used to. This is how this benefits me. When I know there's a, another notch, when there's something else going on, when there's another status to reach, mashallah. Provides an opening, hey, that's a direction I want to go in. I, thought, I, I think that's why I do these durus, because it really benefits me right? as well in understanding what's next. This is the real understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Why should you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you don't have? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has considered not having also a ni'mah. That's also a bounty. Sometimes not having is also a bounty. 
And um, having to be thirsty and hungry, that is considered to be sometimes a source of blessing as well, right? Because now this is something which you're wondering, like, what kind of a benefit in there? Okay, I accept it, but what kind of a blessing is in there? Did we not just fast the whole month of Ramadan? Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instill upon us right, to fast for the whole month of Ramadan by staying hungry and thirsty? Why not something else? Do this many rak'ats every day. There's no additional obligation. Yes, there's a sunnah of taraweeh. But aside from the five daily prayers, there's no other obligation, is there? That in Ramadan, you must do a hundred rak'ats of prayer. Or you must give this much charity. What he tells us to do is abstinence, is to refrain. What's the purpose of that? Why not tell us to do more? Why not obligate us to do more? Yeah, he encourages us to do more, but why not obligate us? The obligation is abstinence. Because when a person is hungry, food is, is a necessity, but when it's over the necessity, it's harmful. And the doctors will tell you that, dietitians will tell you that, health people will tell you that, the world will tell you that, right? But from a spiritual perspective as well, may Allah make it easy for us to abstain. It's a tough thing to do. Right? So when a, person has, when a person is hungry, thirsty, and when he doesn't have, it, provide, it attracts the attention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah provides them with gifts of spiritual kind. There is something we can only benefit from or even acknowledge and understand properly and after you experience it. Why, do, why did the Prophet ﷺ fast so much? Why do other people fast so much? Why, do other, why did the Prophet ﷺ not want so many? Because there's a certain pleasure in not having which we cannot understand when you have. It's very difficult to understand that. So there are mawahib, there are asrar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up things. The secrets of things are revealed. Realities become clear upon a person. And lights engulf this person. Life, there's effulgences that overcome this person. A person becomes more nur when he, does, when he has less. Because there's less of the world to worry about. But you must be satisfied in that faqr. If you're not satisfied, that can become kufr. It's a very double-edged sword it is. It's a very difficult state. It can be... To give up things can be a huge relief, but only for a few people, I think. So most people have. And those who don't, the majority of people who don't have today, it's, because it's, not, it's not voluntary, is it? It's because that's, they can't get more. But this is talking about voluntarily giving up things for the sake of others. And there's huge benefits in that. But uh, how do I even explain that? Because you are now essentially separated from many distractions as long as not having is not a distraction for you if that's a bigger distraction then you'd rather have than not have right it's a bit complicated it's when you don't have you know they've done they've done um, a number of uh, studies on this where they've taken a person and put him into a place into like a retreat without their phone for a month, six weeks, for two months. And subhanAllah, the benefit that they receive from not having access to the phone, just one thing, just one ni'mah, is huge. When you go into a lot of these health spas in Kerala, they don't, you know, what you're supposed to do is 
you're supposed to live according to their regime. They give you a bit of food, very specially, you know, uh, cooked food, certain vegetables, whatever it is. And that's all. Because they want you to just cut off from everything so the body can become better. They said that a lot of, the dietitians will tell you, that a lot of uh, the physical ailments like allergies and a number of other issues, they're actually related to a problem in the gut, in the stomach. I've got somebody who's studying this right now. Actually, um, she had a problem uh, with, uh, with allergies or with something. I can't remember what it was. Went on a diet for about, I think, six weeks or two months. Very, you know, like none of these normal things and lots of probiotics, that, that kind of food. And alhamdulillah, it sorted out a number of issues because it's all related to the gut, right? Healthy eating is very important. Likewise, healthy eating for our heart and our soul is also very important. It's all interconnected, right? Allah, Allah, Allah. And then a person can become a place for acceptance and for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attention. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this easy for us. There's quite a few points today, but going back to what he said, he says, deprivation hurts you only because of the lack of your understanding of Allah in it. So, Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi in his commentary, Rahimahullah says, O traveler, the grief and annoyance of your heart. When Allah Most High afflicts you with difficulties and hardships are the products of your lack of intelligence. On account of your ignorance, you are unable to fathom the divine mercy, wisdom and grace underlying your adverse circumstances. I completely put my hand down. This is not easy to do. When I've had issues sometimes and you know, you naturally think and then you remember this. I mean, I'm teaching this stuff, so it has to come and it helps me. Um, but I think there's a long way to go to make this perfect. Right. But it really helps. I mean, it's, it's helped me. It ma helps me manage things sometimes. I wish it can be better, you know, in, and we can become proper knowers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But just reading these benefits. If you had not been, he says, on account of your ignorance, you are then unable to fathom the divine mercy, wisdom and grace underlying your adverse circumstance. If you had not been ignorant, your state of adversity would have been just as pleasurable to you as your state of prosperity. Can you imagine it? You've just got a new car, you're going to be going around in it. And the excitement you feel there, you're supposed to feel that excitement when you don't have anything, when something's been taken away from you. Wow. I hope we can reach that. Because remember, deprivations are going to come to all of us. We all lose something or the other one day or the other, right? So if we can feel the same, Benny, isn't that something to look out for? Not for that purpose. That's another distraction, actually. The main thing is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's just something He gives, but we can't lose sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the next aphorism, which we'll do next time, we'll explain that in more detail. So He says, if you had not been ignorant, your state of adversity would have been just as pleasurable to you at, in your state of prosperity. In fact, your pleasure will be greater Wow! at the time of deprivation, because poverty and hardship are the share of gifts reserved for the special servants of Allah for the special servants of Allah. I'm not a very special servant of Allah then. I have too much. Allah give us afiyat. Allah give us afiyat. Allah give us afiyat. But the next one for next time is sometimes He opens the doors of obedience for you, but not the doors of acceptance. Sometimes He condemns you to sin and it turns out to be a cause of arriving. 
to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, we'll do that next time. اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام وتباركت يا هذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين جزا الله عنا محمد ما هو اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اغفر لامتي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الاحياء منهم والاموات يا الله have your mercy upon this ummah have your mercy upon us ya allah shower us with your mercy oh allah remove your anger from the ummah oh allah shower us with your grace this month of Ramadan has passed. Allow us to extend the blessings of this Ramadan for the next 11 months till the next Ramadan. Allow us to reach the next Ramadan. Oh Allah, grant us complete acceptance despite our shortcomings. Oh Allah, whatever we were able to do this in this month of Ramadan, we ask that you accept it. Oh Allah, that you accept it fully. Just the way when it's a 29-day month, you still give the full benefits of Ramadan to people for the, thir- for, for the 30 days. Oh Allah, like that. Oh Allah. We did what we could. Oh Allah, grant us the tawfiq to do even more. But oh Allah, even what we did was from you. If, we, if you had not allowed us to do it, had not facilitated for us to do it, had not created the circumstances for us, then we would not have been able to do so. Everything goes back to you, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, make us of those who understand you, who recognize you, who, who glorify you, who are thankful to you. Oh Allah, who are steadfast. And oh Allah, in whatever state, we stay strong and we stay steadfast. Oh Allah, we ask you for afiyat. Oh Allah, we ask you for well-being. We ask you for safety. Oh Allah, we ask you to give us a long life on iman and afiyat and safety. Fulfill our permissible needs. Oh Allah, remove the oppression from our brothers and sisters who are being bombarded, who are facing major oppression and subjugation. O oh Allah, grant them freedom. O oh Allah, grant them emancipation. O oh Allah, grant them kubuliyah. O oh Allah, grant them your divine assistance. O oh Allah, grant them recovery. Grant them removal from their problems and escape from it. O oh Allah, grant them victory. O oh Allah, grant them highness and elevation. O oh Allah, bless us all with the Quran. O oh Allah, allow us to do what is important for us to do. Allow us to be keys for goodness in this world, O oh Allah, and not to be forces of evil. Allow us to leave a legacy. Allow us to be accepted for some kind of service to your deen. O oh Allah, we, may, we are insignificant. O oh Allah, we are insignificant. The only one who is significant in your sight is the one who you deem so. O oh Allah, we ask you to accept us. We ask you to love us. O oh Allah, we ask that you allow us to love you and you make your obedience easy and beloved for us and you make your disobedience hated and difficult for us to do. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that you allow us to protect your messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam's respect and honor and the Quran and Islam and allow us to elevate the kalima la ilaha illallah and share this with others in the most effective means, in the most effective ways possible. Oh Allah, there are many people who are suffering in different ways. Oh Allah, some people have children issues, some people have spousal issues, some people have business issues, some people have money issues, some people have health issues. Oh Allah, these are all part and parcel of the world, but oh Allah, grant us 
the ability to deal with these issues, to keep them away from us and to deal with us. Oh Allah, we are very weak. Oh Allah, we are very weak. It's difficult for us to handle these. Oh Allah, grant us recovery from them. Grant us recovery and fulfill our permissible needs. Oh Allah, fulfill our permissible needs. Oh Allah, accept our du'as. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wa salamun al mursaleen wa alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, uh, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.